criminals have more rights than us. How the fuck is that okay? I partnered with Cowboy Cerrone to race my trophy truck. People don't realize it. They're like, oh, racing's fun. It's still a business. It's still a brand. Like everybody's expenses have to get paid. I have a small brain tumor sitting on top of the pituitary gland. I thought I was this big tough dude. And I walk into the cancer department by myself. I'm like, why does everybody have their family here? After that appointment, I realized why everybody had their family. That's a lonely fucking place to be by yourself. I don't care how fucking tough you are. It'll break you. Okay, you bought a gun, you put it in your house. Do you train with it? And usually the answer is no. Under pressure, you're gonna miss. Boom, Brian, we are live, brother. Appreciate oh, you shit. coming on the show. Dude, uh, what are we doing? I don't know. Carson just said show up. Hey, we're doing a podcast show. We got Brian Goldstein. This guy is a CEO. He is a business owner. He's an investor. He's a dad. He's a husband. He's a world traveler. You got a lot going on. My business card says head janitor. <laughs> he has a great sense of humor. I don't think I'm I've being heard. dead serious. I, I'm, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, he's an Indian Jew. Uh, what else are you? What other labels can we throw on you? You're a head janitor. I was in special ed from sixth grade through first year of college. So special ed student. Really? Like actual like learning disability? Yeah. Oh. I'm still managed to get through it and build companies, got bullied along the way, you know. And I was that, I was never a little kid, so wanna talk shit, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up in the principal's office. Like if that shit were to happen today, I would have gotten expelled from too many schools. You were the bad kid. Nope. I just didn't take shit. Ah, okay. Yeah, you had uh I'll stay quiet till you poke the bear. Yeah, I could see that with you. I could see that. And uh, you have a podcast as well. I have a podcast as well with my co-host Squints from Sandlot. Okay. Um, last month we achieved 14 million views. Dang. We both looked at each other and said, what did we do? What are you doing for that many views? Consistency and diversity of guests. And like for us, Chauncey talks a lot more than I do. I go for like snipe questions of like, I'll dive deep on a business. As these two are running back and forth. Yeah. And then I'll be like, all right, I want to know more on this subject. And I'll just shoot in my shot when it's ready. And we just kind of run it that way where I wouldn't say he does the filler, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've just been bringing on like weird, interesting guests that like I want to learn more about relationships. How do I improve my marriage? How do I improve this? And so we brought on like two or three dating coaches, mm. um, PhDs in psychology, um, we have a infertility specialist coming on next week, just talking about all the shit we're intaking these days that people don't realize like, dude, infertility rates are through the roof. Yeah. Everything through our gut, which lowers our gut. Like sperm count and men's testosterone. And dude, I'm on my second hair transplant. Like for me, well, what the fuck am I doing that I'm losing all my hair? What do you think it is? You think stress? Stress has got to be a major factor. Um, I average three hours a night of sleep. Oh God, dude. And that's three hours broken. And uh, yeah, you got a two year old, you have a- My two year old sleeps like a rock. We sleep next to each other. Do you, um, well, you're traveling a lot. Do you think that obviously has a lot to do with it too? And you're busy? Traveling time zones, jumping from like doing stem cells into Columbia to networking in other places like People don't realize like traveling that much. Look, I can do a 10 day international trip with a carry on and a backpack. So 
how would you introduce yourself? Because I say, like, I don't know what we're going to talk asked, about. What are we doing here? I, I get know. asked that question all the time. And I guess the short answer is a PE friend said, you're the connector. Mm. I was like, tell me more. He's like, well, you know that deal you put together where you just put the deal together and two major people owe you one? Yeah, you're the connector. And I end up getting into rooms that I wouldn't expect to be in and I've learned like doing things for free. Like, yeah, people see me traveling. They're like, oh, you're making all this money. Well, a lot of this stuff is on my own dime or they're paying for travel. And I'm like, look, just make my expenses net zero. We'll figure out something later. And just there's a lot of seed work that goes in that comes back tenfold. But just like with your podcast, you know, how many episodes deep are you and how long till you start seeing a return? We're 50 deep. Yeah, we had that many views. I think it made us three grand. Mm. Pretty sure the last 11 months cost us more than that. Yeah. And, you know, building out the studio, like everything's permanent. We own all the gear. We have a place in one of his facilities and we just run it. And we know you throw enough shit against the wall. Some episodes are going to bomb. Some are going to do amazing. And some might just be that weird one that you need just to what uh which guest has been most exciting for you or maybe like a couple people that caught you by surprise that you were like yo that person's cool i learned a lot so one video that went viral that i didn't expect i met a dude coming out of first class from dallas to la and there was a smelly dude on the plane and we both got off and we were just talking shit and i was saying some shit and then he was saying some shit and then he's like oh what do you do i was like I went with the simple title of influencer. He's like, oh, what do you do? I was like, oh, I race cars. I do this. I do that. And he's like, oh, I race boats. I was like, what do you mean you race boats? He's like, you know, the ones that do 200 miles an hour on the water. I was like, show me more. The cocaine cowboy days. Yeah. Those like boats. Cigarette boats. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's cool. We didn't even get each other's number. I just mentioned my Instagram as we're like fading towards our drivers. I get a DM from him. We become friends over last six months. I was like, he's maybe got a thousand followers. Mm. Social media wise, he's just does it for fun. Mm -hmm. um, he owns a very large pest control company mm. nationwide. And I was like, hey, come on podcast. Let's just shoot the shit. He's like, I've never done a podcast. He's like, my family burned me. I was like, don't tell me anything. Come on podcast. His family burned him for four and a half million dollars. He never talked to his mom, his dad, his brother, or his sister after all of it. And it just picked up like four months after we posted it. Went from like 3,000 views, 100K, and then it just started going like fucking wildfire one night. And I'm like, how the hell is this video at 14 million by itself? And everybody wants to hear the struggle. And, you know, there's a lot of times where movies are like, oh, they got burned by their family but it wasn't really, it's a movie. Mm -hmm. This is real life. And the dude like didn't sue him, didn't like fucking make a stink. He's just like, I'm out, I'll recover. Mm. And look, in today's times, you know, people sue for the dumbest shit. To walk away from that much money, I've done it. But the average person's like, oh, you're gonna walk away from that? I'm sure you've been in a lawsuit. Loss lawsuits aren't cheap. Mm -mm. We won't get into the details, but they suck. There has to be an upside 
and there's no guarantee on winning. And I don't know, what's an appropriate number of a lawsuit for you to sue somebody? My number's a million. Mm. If it's under a million bucks, I'm not spending my time on it. It's just, you're gonna spend a quarter million dollars in legal fees, plus the brain fuck. I will figure out how to remake it 10X. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just a great example. That's where people will like spend a lot of time and energy like trying to save a buck instead of making a buck, you know, like. Or to prove a point. Yeah, that's that's usually what, I mean, there's 40, I think 40 million lawsuits a year and it's, I'll sue you, uh, yeah, right? And it's like, eh, by the time you pay lawyers and this and that, you're, no one's winning other than lawyers, right? No, like there's been times where I got into it just over principle, like you're gonna do me dirty. All right, I'll spend more than the lawsuit is worth. Sure. So that went that went viral. Was it like a TikTok, like a short clip? It was a short on YouTube. Okay. And then it, funny enough, during that time, when we had first posted it, you couldn't link shorts back to the full feed. And they updated YouTube like before the video started to go viral. And so it ended up springboarding the long form as well. And so the mm -hmm. long form got to like 50, 60,000. And on a, we went from 800 subscribers in the beginning of whatever month to 40K at the end of that month. And I was like, okay, we've proved the concept of this works. Which is what concept of this works on how you guys are doing the podcast show? Because you and I both know, both being guest and host ourselves, it's pretty simple. You're just talking to someone and there happens to be a camera, but yet there's but, the algorithm, there's the guest, there's the, the clips, there's well, the... If we didn't have our mutual plug, finding a guest sometimes isn't that easy. And I just go cold turkey into DMs. Like, luckily my page is a decent size, like, but my batting average I'd say is probably a 40% response rate. Mm -hmm. Well, since I don't sleep and it's the middle of the night and I've already answered all my emails, I will purposely send out, my goal is 50 DMs a night to potential guests. Mm. I am the worst at sometimes following up on it, <laughs> but I send out 50 and then the VA usually has to poke me. Hey, stupid. Um, yeah. You might want to answer this. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's a numbers game, just like in business, you knock on enough doors and you know, we've paid to fly out a couple people just because I wanted to hear their story and they couldn't afford it. And I'm like, look, I got you come out for the day, come out for two. I don't give a shit. I just want you on the show. Mm. And it was just a cool experience. It's a great experience meeting all these different people along the way, meeting you today. Our plug said show up. He didn't even tell me who. Yeah. All right, you're saying to show up, probably somebody good. Yeah. I'll be there. And it's just taking that leap. Most people are like, you're going to go film a podcast with someone you don't know, you did no research. It's only time. You're going to meet some cool people, mm -hmm. hang out with some old friends grab some lunch on this side of town and then head home. Yeah. And it's just, like I said, doing shit for free goes a long way. Yeah. What'd you say before we went live? Your mentor told you what? Get rich by giving shit away for free. Mm. And, and that goes with the recent announcement that you had uh, with what you got going on with Dana White. Correct. Um, so I partnered with Cowboy Cerrone to race my trophy truck. We had been in talks for six months and I thought that, I wouldn't even call it a deal. I thought the arrangement just died off. I didn't think twice about it. My truck's been sitting in storage for four years. I didn't give a fuck either way. 
then Cowboy calls me two, three weeks ago. You want to sell the truck? Nope. What do you want to do with it? And someone had warned me I'm going to get a phone call that they're going to ask this question. So I had like 10 minutes to kind of pregame in my head. I'm walking through Target with my kid, my girl. I'm like, fuck, this guy's about to call us. I'm walking through Target. Great. What do you want to do? I said, you know what? You can race my truck for technically free. I will not charge you to use it. You cover the maintenance. You cover everything. It's essentially your truck. One catch. My name has to stay on the side of the truck as a driver of record. And he asked me really, I thought it was a stupid question. Why would you let a crazy guy like me borrow your truck? I said very simply, number one, you're good for it. Number two, I now get to associate with all these brands you work with. I get to go into rooms where Dana might be there. Or this person might be there. Okay. They want the truck at slap next week. Delivered, parked in the showroom or the entryway. Okay. I will personally deliver it myself. Mm. So you're getting this attention, millions of views now on the podcast. You get this attention through, uh, you know, infamous UFC fighter, uh, cowboy. And that's going to open up doors to his brand, just attention, right? Like that's essentially what we're saying. I think it's attention. And I see a lot of benefits on me also helping him in business Mm -hmm. um, and structuring a program that really benefits him long-term. For me, I like giving. I like helping people with companies, building a brand. People don't realize it. They're like, oh, racing's fun. It's still a business. It's still a brand. Like everybody's expenses have to get paid. Well, how is it structured? How is it organized? How are we showing up in uniforms to races? Like all of this stuff has to be calculated and people don't realize, oh, you just get to get in a car. No, no, no. The planning started months ago and we have to make sure the trucks are restocked. The supplies are restocked. Hey, is there baby wipes in the truck? Are there snacks? You're in the middle of nowhere. What are you going to eat? You're going to fucking Postmates to the middle of the desert? Okay. Let me know how that goes. And just all these little things that people don't realize that you need to plan for. And so, yeah, maybe share like what that, what is like that model that you guys are aiming for? Like, like So we want to run six to nine races a year. After every race, the truck has to get fully inspected. Body panels come off. Transmission goes out to service. Suspension goes out to service. And sometimes you have a two-week window between this race and the next race. You have logistics in between. You got to get tires on the truck. For them to assemble each tire, it takes them 45 minutes a wheel. We usually show up with 10 wheels and tires. The truck has to be wrapped with all the sponsors. All the sponsors have to get the right attention. You have to be tagging all of your sponsors along the way. Are you collaborating on the post? Are you not collaborating on the post? What are the terms of your agreement? Who's handling hotels? Who's handling food for everybody? Who's doing the lunch run? Who's making sure the drivers ate breakfast and not too much, not too little, so they don't puke while they're in the truck? Most people don't know this, but do we have enough catheters for the guys to run the race? you can't get out and pee. So there's a hose that runs down your leg. You got to duct tape it to the base of your dick so it doesn't slide off because your dick gets sweaty. Like all of these things come into play that people don't realize of, dude, you're in the truck for three hours, Mm -hmm. hour and a half. I always get the nervous piss before a race, even before the podcast. Got to take a leak. 
Like, okay, what do you do once you're in the truck with six seatbelts strapped in, your helmet clicked in, well, you're not gonna take off your seatbelts and get out of the car to pee. How big do you, do you foresee this in terms of like entertainment? Do you see this like- The racing side or just? Cause I don't know why this immediately comes to mind for whatever reason, but it kind of reminds me of like, uh, like Jake Paul coming in to like disrupt boxing. So that's a good analogy. I was huge in the car space before I started posting business stuff and firearm stuff. Mm. So I know the car industry very well. I've raced the last decade. I've just taken a hiatus since I had a bad crash. And I think this could be easily a multi-million dollar business um, structured properly with the right sponsors, the right everything. It just takes time and planning, just like building anything, which people don't realize. Like I'll stare at a wall for hours and I'm mapping it all out in my head. Almost looks like the matrix to me. And then I'm old school. I have a huge four, three feet by three feet piece of paper notepad. And I draw my fucking tree of, hey, this is what order it needs to be. Once I'm happy with it, cross it out. Then I transfer it to a computer and I PDF it so everybody has it. And that's just my process. And like for me, once my kid goes to sleep, usually from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. is crunch time where my phone usually stops ringing at those hours. And I just push through the evening of planning and no distractions. And so what, what are you actually uh, monetizing and what do you plan on like monetizing? So kind of coming back to the podcast, like that's what a lot of people don't realize with podcast shows. Like you can have millions of views, thousands of subscribers. doesn't mean that you're making that's a, any money. That's a great question. I talked to our plug about it and he's like, dude, don't go after a sponsor. I was like, isn't that the point? He's like, no. It's like, elaborate. He's like, well, Brian, you're a genius at business. Why don't, I'm not doing the fucking $100 a month coaching. He's <laughs> like, why don't you do the high level coaching of four grand a month and take on 20 people max? Okay, that's worth my time. And I wouldn't want to take on people that are doing less than a million dollars a year in revenue. Mm -hmm. I want the motivated people that have already done it. I'm not there to fucking build your business from scratch. It's going to cost you a lot more than four grand. And I want to help people see the holes, push through. We work together for 90 days. And by that point, you should be ready to rock it. If you want to keep me on, keep me on great. But my goal is in three months to push people through. I'm still fine tuning the program. Haven't officially started it. I coach a couple people, but nothing too serious. Yeah, we're seeing, you know, we saw about a decade ago, right? Like the YouTube videos coming out, courses, mm -hmm. coaching. But I think we're seeing it where a lot of this space is, you know, getting saturated, right? But yet this like unique transition of coaching to like the masses, right? Like a coach of a team, like mm -hmm. coaching like a group style to like consultant, right? To now within the team, I can see who the all-stars are, the ones right. that really want to come in as more like as an advisor where we're solving maybe one to three problems and or we're creating maybe an opportunity together or we're getting equity. Uh, so is that kind of like the vision? That That's the vision. I have a couple larger companies coming after me just to hone in on some subjects for them and we're still in negotiations, but it's, there is so much shit in the air and like, you still have to balance your home life. Still gotta be around and spend time with my kid. And I'm like, I was telling you earlier, like, dude, I, I'm averaging six months a year where I'm not home. 
which is insane. Like people think that's fun. It's like, I miss, I could be gone for a week, come back. And my kids at that stage where in a week things change, mm -hmm. she's running, she's jumping, she's saying all these new words. She got potty trained time. I was gone on the last trip for 10 days. I'm like, fuck, I missed all of that. And it's just, you know, everybody said like around two, your kid kind of flips to wanting dad. And sure as shit, she just recently turned two. And now she like, last night was one of the first times I put her to bed by myself. Mm. And it's just a really cool thing to see in all the money in the world. Sometimes I got to walk from certain deals just to have more time. Yeah, that's, uh, well, now I feel guilty that, you know, your wife and kids not here. So nah. thanks for making me feel nah, guilty. Nah, you're good. You know? <laughs> but is that uh, kind of like what you are going through right now in like a transition as a man and a husband and a dad like whoa you live in los angeles live in la um <laughs> it's definitely an identity crisis on my side a little bit because it's like we tried really hard to have a kid i don't regret it for a second it's a sh internal struggle of i want to make sure i provide but i also want to make sure there's time and i also want to spend time with my wife outside of my child and I'm sure you have the same issues. You can look at your phone and get busy really quick if you want to. And it's that separation that kills me. Like I used to spend hours a day on social media. I ended up taking all the social media off of my main phone. And now I've reduced it to 45 minutes a day. So that ended up just freeing up a ton of time. Just all these little things you have to do to tweak it just so you can maximize. You know, I'm doing 20 hour days and it still feels like there's not enough time. Yeah, you got to create that space, right? I always bring up the analogy of like reading a book and us lovely entrepreneurs that get a lot of our happiness or feeling good and feeling accomplished and feeling self-worth is getting a lot of stuff done, right? But if you read a page of a book and if it's just all words, it's scientifically proven that you're not going to be able to read that page and actually retain that information as much if there's spaces and paragraphs and indentation. Mm -hmm. So that's what I realized in the journey of building, you know, six, seven, eight figure business, doing this, coaching thousands of people, podcast shows, blah, 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 right? Is actually having a lot of space. I call it like the space of genius. That's where you can actually retain doing less is doing more, but yet, I need to fill that space with another email, another call, another opportunity, another show, whatever it may be. It's a, it's a game, right? It's coming back to like harmony and balance and trying to figure out like time and money and legacy and providing and, but yet what's enough, you know? So that's the fun part. Yeah. That's and figuring out and everybody's got a different thing. Like people are like, Oh, why don't you copy this person? I'm like, because that doesn't fit my mold. Like, I want to do it my way. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's more work. But that's what makes me different than everybody else. And what are your, uh, like, what are your main income? I've invested in a couple companies over the years. Um, some real estate. Um, other fun things with friends. Um, that's really just generated a passive income. And then it's going after bigger things that I want to build again, or even the racing thing, like it's only been three weeks, but like all these, I've kind of like detoured from everything else. I'm like, oh, let me focus on this because it's a passion project that I love. 
And I'm sure there's ways to, for everybody to get, make a couple bucks along the way. What's something that people don't, that they don't know about you that would probably be interesting for people to hear? I've talked about it ever so slightly over the years. Um, I was in special ed from sixth grade through first year of college. And when I tell people that, they're like, huh? I'm like, yeah. And I was also 110 pounds bigger. And they're like, what happened? I was like, well, the weight side, something just clicked one day and I made the lifestyle change that I needed to to make it all go away. And then the special ed thing, I remember freshman year of high school, Mrs. Falk's English class, special ed class. There's maybe 10 students in this class. I think it was like right before 9-11. And the teacher goes, I'm teaching you guys to work for somebody else. Me being the smart ass I am, stood up and said, no. Why would you tell a group of special ed students we have to work for somebody else? Turned into a heated discussion. I'm sure I dropped a couple F-bombs. I ended up in the principal's office. And the guy's like, I'm going to call your dad. Perfect parent to call. Call my dad. Dad rolls up. Hey, jackass teacher over here was uh, telling me I have to uh, work for somebody else the rest of my life. Needless to say, my dad was on my side. And that's what just kept me ticking. Like, all right, I'll get through high school. I'll figure it out after this. And it was just ever since then, I just something flipped. I'm like, I'm never working for anybody. You're out of your fucking mind. And why would you tell students like this that? So then what what uh, what was your journey after high school? After high school, did you go to like college? You said I went right? to college, uh, got a PhD in pharmacology. Um, also ran a couple family businesses that were in healthcare at the same time. And I learned a lot of things in healthcare I really didn't like over the years and just how skewed our medical system is for lack of better terms because i don't want your podcast to get flagged and i started going to columbia for stem cell treatment started going to mexico for heavy metal detox and chelation therapies and ozone therapies and i went to mexico i did the gastric sleeve to reduce my stomach size mm -hmm. i started venturing outside of the country to alleviate different issues i was having and then another thing I also really don't talk about much is I have a small brain tumor sitting on top of the pituitary gland, which my body doesn't produce any of the hormones I need to function. So I have to supplement with everything. All these things stacked against me, I still beat the odds. And that's what people need to realize. No matter how bad you have it, somebody's got it worse. And did it suck when I found out I had a brain tumor? Of course, I got married Less than a year later to some chick I met 30 days prior, shit lasted maybe two years because I thought I was going to die and I wasn't getting the right information at that age. And I thought I was this big tough dude and I walk into the cancer department. I'm like by myself. I'm like, why does everybody have their family here? It's kind of weird to go to a doctor's appointment with your whole family. Going to the appointment and... After that appointment, I realized why everybody had their family. That's a lonely fucking place to be by yourself. I don't care how fucking tough you are. It'll break you. And just from there, I started working on myself. And sometime after that, I did my first mushroom ceremony. And then I've done a DMT ceremony. 
I heard you talking about ayahuasca. I don't like to puke. So I don't know if I want to do that one. But my boy yesterday was like, dude, you've done five, whatever, the DMT five synthesized shit. He's like, that is way crazier than ayahuasca. I was like, that's only 20 minutes and I don't puke. He's like, it's still more intense. Okay, if you say so. Lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, I can add more shit to it if you want me oh, to. Oh, of course. Like, I come from a house of drug abuse and physical abuse. And so I don't drink. I don't do drugs. Plant medicine I didn't touch until I was 32. I'm an adrenaline junkie. You want to go 200 miles an hour and put your life on the line. Let's run it. Um, but I've gone to clubs sober my whole life. It just doesn't do it for me. I've been around every drug being in healthcare. Cool. Seeing people addicted to it. I'm not going to go down that alley. Have you ever been addicted to anything? Women aside from that? No. Yep. Women can do it. That's for sure. I'm like after shoulder surgery, I took pain meds for 24 hours just to get through the initial hump. Stopped everything the next day. Mm -hmm. Switched to Tylenol and called it like I, I guess seeing all these addictive, well, actually I take it back. I was addicted to food. That's how I got fat. That was my coping mechanism. What were you coping from? Just all the stress from childhood and work and the abuse and the anger that I carried. I still carry a fair amount. Like, you know, it takes years of unpacking. It just doesn't happen overnight. Do you do like a very like intense exercises now? And I mean, it sounds like you do a lot of like working out? Yeah. No, I don't know what the inside of a gym looks like. <laughs> uh, I chase a two-year-old. I chase a dog. Ride my motorcycle once in a blue moon. Not afraid to get my hands dirty and like clean shit up and move shit around, but no, I don't work out. I don't run. I don't jump rope. I don't even like walking. What? You don't like uh, no nothing physical, lifting weights? No. I've had two back surgeries and a shoulder, so. From racing? Yeah, from motorcycle crash and car crash. Um, oh, shit. And I still do dumb shit. But every trainer I've worked with ends up putting me in more pain because they're just pushing it. They're like, oh, fight through the pain. I'm like, no, no, no. This is real pain, not my muscles tired and I hate it. Yeah. You're fucking making shit hurt. I'm like, <laughs> I'm good. And so, you know, walking with my kid that's 35 pounds on my shoulder for an hour or two, I guess that's kind of like doing cardio for an hour. Um <laughs> chasing the dog or throwing shit with the dog. But no, I don't. Mm -mm. Talk more about the, uh, I'm curious to hear more about the traveling out of the country to like use stem cells. Oh, metal, stem, stem cells was amazing. So um, I'm friends with Chuck Liddell and I saw him at a barbecue and he's like, it's like, I saw you were somewhere. He's like, yeah, dude, I just got back from Columbia. I went to this place called Bioaccelerator. They cut my pain by 50%. I was like, are you selling me or did they actually? He's like, dude, I'm telling you. Like, And I saw him walking and I've seen him. His limp was nowhere as bad. Like he was able to move his neck more freely. I was like, all right, let me hit them in a DM. And we worked out an arrangement and they gave me a discount for the first treatment. And fuck, it was, I think that's what really started me on the health journey because I was carrying all that pain, I refused to take meds. And so I was like, all right, let's go try something natural. 
and see what this does. Three days after my last treatment, 50% of my pain was gone. Mm. And it was just crazy to go. And that's when I was borderline at my heaviest because that was like the start of COVID. And it was just insane to feel that change and then be like, all right, it's not time to shave the weight. And I want my hair back. And they changed my life in more ways than just pain free because I didn't realize how much the pain held me back from everything else. Mm. And when you live in it 24 seven, you know, my four could be your nine. Just depends on, you know, what your tolerance is and what mine is and what you're used to. And what, what kind of pain, like, uh, like physical pain of like actual injuries? Oh, actual mental. injuries. Like I've torn both shoulders. I've herniated C4, 5, 6 in my neck, herniated L4, L5, S1 in my back, had pain shooting down into my left foot, couldn't feel my pinky toe and index toe. I have fucked my body up. And I wouldn't change it, but some days it sucks. And stem cells help. Oh, they, so they went into each shoulder. Um, I'll send you a little clip of something I have. The shoulders they do, they just base it off your MRI. Mm -hmm. um, for the spine, they actually sedate you. You're at, you're twilighted, but I don't remember any of it. They get the X-ray machine on top of you, and they are putting the needle exactly in between each disc that's damaged and it it's wild what's the, the best route to go for stem cells i've heard like you get like an injection an iv like well so they the also give you the iv but if you have like damage damage like i've done that's where you want them to go into the sites like everybody now has tennis elbow and they don't realize it from fucking being on our phones and laptops all day mm -hmm. and so like Sticking a needle on the inside and outside, ooh baby. Yeah. They don't numb you, you're awake for that. It sucks. Um, the shoulders just feel like pressure and then four hours later it feels like you got punched really hard in both your shoulders. And then the next morning it starts to wear off. The back feels like you just WD-40'd a bunch of door hinges and everything's gliding. Cause they're squirting liquid into areas that are out of lubrication. And it's like, oh, fuck, I feel great. And then you have to remember, don't do anything stupid during this time period. And the, I mean, yeah, dude, like back pain with the spine. Oh, it sucks. It's whew, not much comes close to that. Like that shoulders, I think shoulders worse. Really? Your low back, you can cramp enough muscles to like protect it. You sneeze, you cough. Yeah. Someone bumps into your shoulder. You try and shake someone's hand softly and you know how like sometimes you go in for a soft and this dude goes for a fucking firm. I'm like, oh my God, don't do that. Yeah. And so like I'd take another two back surgeries over a shoulder any day of the week. Shoulder was, I was stuck in a sling for six months. Like that shit sucks, which the stem cell thing, you're down for a couple hours. Yeah. On the high side. Why, why did you choose Columbia? Because another issue with uh, stem cells is like the FDA regulation and choosing which practice to go to that's legitimate and the well, cost. So it's not really kosher in the U.S. You know, there's people that dance around and play with exosomes and all these other things. Columbia allows them to use the umbilical cord Wharton jelly stem cell parts and a ton of UFC fighters have gone through there. The Paul brothers have gone through there. I brought some other 
people through and just the facility is just insane. Mm -hmm. How much does it cost? My treatment was like 40 grand. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're there, you you have to be there by Sunday night at the latest and you're there till the following Saturday. So six, seven days. And honestly, if like you really want the best benefit, stay for two weeks so you don't gotta get on a plane. Oh yeah, for it to like fully settle in and Just altitude. So you feel comfortable and like, why do you want to rush back after being in medical treatments for a week? Like, it's not really a vacation, even though you're in another country and it's kind of like a vacation. Like, the facility takes you to some amazing dinners. Oh, wow. You meet, like we talked about offline. You get put into a room with one percenters because these are the people who are affording the treatments, mm-hmm. or fighters, or athletes, and. It's just cool to be around that bubble and go through treatment and swap stories of, hey, I'm doing this, you're doing that. Like, what did you notice? Oh, it's my first time, blah, 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 blah. And I've met friends there that are now lifelong friends that, oh, wow. It's just an amazing experience to come across and meet all those people. Yeah, I guess I never even thought about that either. Just like the, the connection, right? Like going to a mastermind event because you want to meet somebody, not necessarily learn the information. It's like, nope, I want to meet this one person going kind of same thing with that. I've never even thought about that and or realize that you're kind of in this like small community together. I'm sure depending on the facility and whatnot, but at least where you went. So there's one in Panama. There's one in Colombia. Mm-hmm. They are not affiliated. Um, I picked Colombia because they do do the intradisc, which is what I needed. Panama is on a case by case basis and you got to fly out there and see if they'll do it. And I'm like, no, no, no. If I'm flying, I want to guarantee I'm getting treated for the areas I want. Yeah. Um, there's a place in Mexico that I don't believe they do it. I think there's two actually. Um, there's one in Tijuana and one somewhere else. They also don't do intradisc and I wasn't going to fly to the other side of the world. Like Colombia was a hike enough. Yeah. Um, especially after COVID, like all the easy flights are gone. And talk about the what's a metal detox and what's the benefit of metal detox? So we're inhaling toxins all day, every day. We're consuming them, BPAs, aluminum cans, all the crap that's out there. Um, just pushing those metals out of your body and the chemtrails. Yeah, we can go down that rabbit hole. Um and you know, it's not like oh, you do chelation therapy once and Okay, everything's out. No, what's, what's chelation? It's the term they use nah, for the I'm not IV. Fucking drink this a little nah. can. What the hell? It's an IV they give you to force those things out of your body, and you're either going to sweat it out or pee it out. Mm. And then a lot of these places are also now doing ozone therapy, where they take out um, your blood, add in the gas, pump it back in you. Um, there's another one that I discovered yesterday that actually takes you come out of this arm, goes through the machine, they adds the gas and pushes your blood through a filter and then pumps it back in the oh, other arm. Wow. So it's like a big circle. And you sit there for an hour to pretty much exchange a majority of your blood. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, I want to try that. I have no idea what the cost is, but definitely something I'm interested in. And look, I shoot guns a lot for different brands I work with. Average month, couple thousand bullets. Like that's a lot of lead to be eating and gunpowder. Because you're like inhaling it. Oh yeah, it's, you know, every time a round goes off, the gas shoots out the back, everywhere. 
So, uh, can you see like how much metal comes out of your body or like how do they, how do so, they measure it? Uh, you can do a, I the way I tested if I had a lot was through a urine analysis mm -hmm. and you can see what stuff's in your body and what's not. Like and plastic and plastic and metals and all that crap. And it was just cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, um, I think it's a company. I don't know if it's called Zoomy, but one of my buddies was talking about doing like a parasite cleanse mm -hmm. and also like, like little droplets in water. Yeah. So you're essentially, you have a pet knowing they deworm them. Yeah. That's essentially what you're doing to yourself. And in your experience of pharmaceuticals and what I like to call like matrix medicine, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think there's obviously a lot of bad in pharmaceutical mm -hmm. and all the. There's some good, but it's a majority bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you're going to have all these complications and uh, side effects. And now you have to take that because that side effect. But there's obviously a lot of good as well. Uh, what were some like issues that you saw that you didn't really align with in pharmaceuticals? For starters, none of my medications were covered by my insurance and i had one of the best i have one of the best policies out there and they're like well you don't qualify i'm like but i have this tumor my body needs this to survive yeah but we feel that's not necessary so you can pay for it out of pocket i pay you 1500 dollars a month for myself my meds are six seven hundred dollars a month i might as well cancel my insurance and it's it was just a bunch of little things like that and HIV patients weren't getting their certain meds covered and we'd have to call, go through the ringer and certain agencies would get involved and say, hey, you're no longer allowed to make this for patients or that for patients. I'm like, why? They're like, oh, you just can't make it anymore. We came out with this rule. Okay, whatever your reason is, sure. And it was just a lot of stuff that, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, you're going to get in trouble if you do this. What the fuck can I do to help people? I mean, let's face it. Pharmaceutical companies are ran by insurance companies. There's some that are both. Mm. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-oh. We're going down the rabbit holes now. The metal is out of the blood. And the tumor in the pineal gland is interesting because doesn't Tony Robbins have... Something He's got similar. something similar. I don't really remember. Yeah. But what uh, what affects? So my body makes no testosterone, no growth hormone, messes with my thyroid levels, LH, FSH, none. Um, so I have to supplement back with other things to help get me to normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be, you know, roided out or any of that stuff. Why not? I don't know. I kind of like my heart lasting a little longer. <laughs> You should replace that. Just take this pill, dude. I don't know how easy it is to get on the <laughs> transplant list. <laughs> uh, at this pace, we're putting chips in our brain. I think they just successfully trans... Did they do like a, a pig transplant? They did. The, yeah. So you're good. Mm. Come on. Get yeah. rolled up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, the, uh, the tumor in the pineal gland is very interesting... I think it's like very like uniquely symbolic because you were, I put in quotes if people are not watching, uh, what special needs or whatever, but yet like 
you seem like you're a very intuitive, intelligent person when I'm talking to you. Yeah. Maybe I'm the special needs person. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? But the like symbolism behind like your pineal gland and having a tumor on there and, and oh, yeah. also like how much it affects the human body and brain and, and all that. Yeah. And you know, there's one of the other biggest things I've learned in business is always trust your gut when you go against it. Never fucking works. Which, what do you mean by that? Like uh, the, the correlation between the pineal gland and the gut? Yeah. And like when you just get an inkling of something doesn't feel right. Can't tell you who, what, where, when, why. Mm-hmm. This deal doesn't feel right. And there's something off somewhere. Yeah. Trust your gut. Trust your pineal gland. And walk away. Yeah. And usually that feeling, uh, the best way I can explain it is God. And the the feeling of like, ah, this don't feel right, and then like that's that's God within people, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah, the pineal gland—that's just like a the tumor on the pineal gland. I've heard it. May like you're. It's maybe more like, common than you'd think. Yeah, you're maybe the third person I've talked to, and then it's that's I think the, one out of ten people have one, and then I forget what the percentage is of it actually affecting people, which is a lot less, but people having a tumor there and like fluoride in your toothpaste or the water. Like, Oh, we're going exactly where the fuck I want us to go. Okay. I'm like, look, so, so it causes issues like, and you know, other countries don't use it, but why do we use it? Well, and, it makes your teeth strong, Brian. Yeah. I use fucking organic fucking something. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the, uh, so we got metals, uh, in our body, chemtrails. Even outgassing from the furniture in your house. The what? Outgassing. So like when you bring a new piece of furniture in that was just made, it's releasing stuff. Mm-hmm. New mattress. Whatever the heck it might be. Uh, I had someone on the podcast that like said something. I was like, it never clicked in my head till he said it. But when you're in a hotel, do you take a hot shower sometimes? Mm-hmm. You're inhaling gas of all the chemicals in the water because do you think they're really filtering out all the shit that you're hot steaming yourself with? Or even the water at your house. Do you have whole home filtration? What is filtered out? And you're now turning it into a gas and inhaling it for that. I take long showers. I take like 10 to 15 minute showers just standing there. Well, how much shit have I inhaled? Hotels. I can always like the last five minutes I crank it hot so all my muscles relax. Do a little stretch in the shower and then fucking sack out in bed. Okay, so I've opened all my pores. My body's absorbing the water. I'm inhaling whatever I've fucking vaporized with the heat. Yeah, I like the movie Big Short. I have a mortgage industry background. So watching that movie, The Big Short, it just shares like the financial collapse and the housing market crash in 2008 through like 2010. And Michael Burry was the one that uh, essentially shorted hence the big short the name of the movie shorted the the housing market he saw this this collapse coming and at the very end of that movie his next big short his next big financial collapse his next big housing market collapse was a water crisis and so when i watched that movie i remember it was like in text at the very end like just a very simple like i don't know like maybe a minute at the end of the movie like michael burry made x amount of money from the big shore blah 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 this is what he's doing now movie over right and i was like 
let me rewind that. And then you start looking into our water system. Mm -hmm. You start looking into fluoride. You start looking into uh, plastic bottles of water. And then you're like, oh, this water's good. Oh, it's owned by Dasani, which is owned by Coca-Cola. It's all in the same place. It's like, oh my gosh, here we go. So personally, I drink usually uh, like Aquapana. I like Aquapana. Um, Mount Shasta water we have out here uh, in glass bottles. Mm. And then uh, I forget what Spring Mountain or whatever, the one in the green glass. Yeah, Mount. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I usually like the, I like those as well. Um, it always reminds me of Mountain Dew. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And you know, what, why, why is fluoride bad? Blah. I'll give the simple, my simple take on it, and we could go way deeper. It blocks your third eye, your pineal gland. You're calcifying around it. Which, why is that bad? Well, then you don't have the energy of feeling things around. And I think after doing plant medicine, and you've done plant medicine, you're more in touch with energies around you after doing that. Before that, I was like, what the fuck are people talking about? And just my big thing without bashing anything is I don't want to block my energy for field of being able to feel. Yeah. Cause when you can feel then, you know, you're in control of decision-making, but yet if that's blocked calcified, then they can control you. Right. Then you have less connection to God, less connection to your higher self, less connection to, you know, purpose and, and having that control. Oh yeah. I was watching, I think my wife sent me a video or something the other day of how NASA did a study years ago taking kids before preschool and like identifying who's a genius and then running them through the school system. And out of that pool, I think like 15% were left that were still geniuses or maybe even less. And I'm like, and everybody always asks, when are you putting your kid in preschool? Why does my kid need to go to preschool? Let him be a fucking kid. Dude, yeah, I think I saw that same study. It said like, we're going to do a study around, uh, how many geniuses they are there are like you said at preschool to going into college well what makes somebody a genius and it was something along the lines of essentially solving problems creatively solving problems that's mm -hmm. a genius how can you creatively solve a problem and like you said it was like eight out of ten kids when they went through this test were considered a genius they go through the rockefeller education system and by the time they go to college, it was like astronomically lower, like maybe did, 10, 20%. Why did Rockefeller create schools? He wanted more working bodies. Yeah, you're designing a system that creates a bunch of employees, but you're also controlling the information. So if you're controlling the information, then you can create land and law rights. So then you can control the physical realm as well. Just like back in the day, home births, I think were like 80% and hospital births were 20. Well, what's changed? Why is it flipped? I can't tell you the reason, but something about it doesn't feel right. Yeah, there's a lot of not feel rights going on right now in the world. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, I think the biggest takeaway people need from this episode is do your own homework and stop trusting one website you use as a search engine. Use multiple. Use a VPN to put yourself in a different location and just see what's out there. See what's going on. Yeah, what are some things that people can do 
to protect themselves, protect their energy, protect their I, identity, location. I don't allow... Buy some motherfucking guns. Well, that too. <laughs> but like, I don't allow random people at my house. I make everybody take off their shoes when they get to my house because I don't want that energy from outside dragged in and we can get in all the cooties that are on the bottom of your shoe as well, but... Get into it. Get into uh, all of it. Come on now. Don't don't hold back. You go to the gas station, there's oil. Homeless dude fucking pissed on the street, took a shit on the street. You've stepped in it. You're bringing all this bacteria into your house. Not in Columbus, bro. Only out here in LA. Oh, shit. Well, at least out here. (laughs) And it's just, you know, my kid throws stuff on the floor and eats off the floor. Yeah. If I can limit it, even better. I don't like bringing random people over just because I don't want that energy in my house. Um, you know, I'll light some sage after people come over when things don't feel right. Mm-hmm. Does this feel right? Yeah. We all feel right? Mm-hmm. Is it doing okay back there? <laughs> Does it feel right? All right. We all feel uh, okay? And it's just, you know, who you spend time with. Like, what groups are you going to? And I'm sure we've all seen the memes. The pe- five most people you spend time with is who you're going to become. Yeah, it's a big energy game, right? It's like a, the Nikola Tesla once you understand, is it like energy and frequency, then mm-hmm. you understand the world. And I believe that everything is just like like a guitar string. Mm-hmm. You know, if you flick a guitar string and it kind of vibrates, that's that's really everything's moving at a vibration, right? So it's like, yeah, that person don't feel right, which is like that gut feeling. They're operating at a lower frequency. And, uh, well, you may not be able to have that feeling or intuition about them or about this situation or about this business deal. If you're drinking a bunch of fluoride water, that's calcifying your third eye or alcohol or alcohol that's suppressing your frequency. It's a suppressant. It actually suppresses your frequency for three days. Does alcohol shrink your brain as well? It does. Why is alcohol legal? But plant medicine isn't. Why do they name liquor stores like spirits and wine Ooh, my co-host was telling me about this and essentially it is robbing you of your spirit or altering your spirit and like i'm always drinking one company's canned water and he's like you know there's people saying certain things about it i'm like okay maybe i won't drink it as much but you know the uh, the death yeah yeah, because it's like word and language is like spells, right? Mm-hmm. It's like death water. It's like, ah, well, you're going to get bought out and then got some fluoride coming in here. What's going on? But yeah, it's okay. We're on the same page. We're on the same this. page. And it's. Have you studied like language and like, and and I'm, I don't know if there's some technical terminology around it, but when you actually think of our words and then you go, huh, spirits and wine spirituality huh that's weird or how did these words i haven't really done that one too much um my co-host has gone down that rabbit hole and like we're having a conversation with someone the other day i was like okay i'm just gonna sit back and pay attention what the hell you two are talking about like the kids say uh i'm dead like they say those little like Mm -hmm. one-liners and you're like huh but it's like it's like a a spell that you're putting out into the world and look at what I firmly believe in what words you are putting out there affect good or bad. 
mm-hmm. and what are you manifesting in your head and what energy are you putting out well that guy can be a negative asshole i don't give a shit mm-hmm. how am i projecting myself i don't need to be in a room swinging my dick sit in my corner talk to people who i want to talk to and if i yeah. don't don't need to be around that energy i don't need to feel drained or you know certain people's kids i don't want around my kids so not going to hang out because i don't need that energy rubbing off on my kid how do you deal with that out here in la and in, in old hollywood if you know what actually hollywood is uh and that's a, a question kind of for uh yeah how do you deal with that in la man there's we keep to a very tight bubble yeah have you seen it firsthand like so- kids being bad or which aspect or like kids being murdered for adrenochrome i have not seen that okay i've seen kids be like pushing other little kids hitting them yeah and fuck the algorithm stuff whatever you can say whatever you want i care less but uh, i'm curious on like that's where i get real sensitive to it of like you know i'm like i kind of know what we're doing going out to la here we go Time to go play the... I've stayed out of that bubble. I've never really come across any of that. Um, An opportunity come across recently where someone was telling me about they go to third world countries to get children out of sex trafficking. I was like, sign me up. And the person that introduced me, like, told the person that I was introduced to, Brian's not allowed to go. It's like, the fuck? They're like, you have a wife and kid, dude. Like, come on. Oh, because really? it's dangerous. They can start yeah, I was a, like, a hit out on you. Or you might not make it out of that country. Yeah. I was like, where's your sense of adventure? Where are these people going? To get people? Like, like rescue where, them? Like, where, where, like, people that are getting, like, kids and people getting human trafficked. I mean, or sex trafficked, uh, harvesting their organs. Like, what, what's, where are these people going? Are they going, are they living under, underground in tunnels? Like, what's happening? That's the part I don't know. Like, I've heard the one person I was talking to, they go to Mexico and... Um, get people out of there. But outside of that, I don't know where these people go, where they land, any of that. Coming back to like how people can protect themselves, you're big on guns and uh, you work with a lot of brands, right? Yeah. Um, look, you can be deadly with a pencil. And all these people during the pandemic when defund the police, I don't care which side of the fence people are on, went out and got a gun. Okay, you bought a gun, you put it in your house. Do you train with it? When you go to the gun range, the gun you train with, is that what you carry on you with your CCW? And usually the answer is no. Like, I have a good friend. He got his permit two years ago. Last time he went to the range, two years ago. I'm like, so you carry a fucking gun with you every day. Do you at least sit at home and dry fire? Do you buy one of those Mantis X things where you pop a laser into the back of your uh into the chamber you set up your phone to look at a target and it like it's calculating everything draw time all of that no okay under pressure you're gonna miss i know and let's see how fast you are under pressure yeah it's i know i've been thinking about this a lot with the i mean you think that people should have the right i think to a gun as long as you're mentally stable and you have no criminal record, I think you should. How do you know if someone's mentally stable? I think we should have a little bit more testing evaluated on people. Like have them come on the podcast show and I just ask them some random questions. 
you know, something like that. Like, um, yeah, his pineal gland is fucked. He can't get a gun. No. Um, we know there needs to be some kind of mental health check. I don't know exactly what, but something. Yeah, like a physical uh, and also maybe like a psychiatrist or something, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. And just like you need to do certain training to get your permit. Mm -hmm. There needs to be, you know, a mental checkoff, just like if you want to join the police force, you got to do a psych eval. And I th we have a million laws on the books across the country. Criminals don't follow laws. So what's the solution to all the gun violence and or not solution? What are some potential solutions to solve gun violence and or some things that can help mitigate what we're witnessing today? So there's someone here that's in the other room um, that got home invaded. He pulled his gun. He chased the person. The gun got taken from him. A round got discharged. He got the shit beat out of him with a gun. The dude that broke into the house got bailed out 24 hours later. If that person that's here would have shot the person, it would have been a very sticky situation in California. The criminals have more rights than us. How the fuck is that okay? People can go to a store and steal a thousand dollars worth of shit and nothing happens. They can go home invade somebody. They can rob somebody. And if they don't have a gun, that they get let go. You can go rent in someone's property and not leave and the owner may have to pay for you to leave. <laughs> Correct. And... It's just a very shitty deal versus you go to another state with very solid castle law. Stand your ground. Ohio, baby. Columbus, Ohio. Bring your guns. You guys do have stand Open. your ground and castle law. And look, somebody jumps over your front fence and you say, get out. And they don't. You have full right to make that decision. And as long as you're not negligent in the process. Nothing happens to you. You do that in California, even though we kind of have castle law. You're spending a night in jail and your legal fees for the next two years are going to be fucking amazing. Hope you have carry insurance. Oh, I didn't think about that. Insurance uh -oh, on your gun? It is the best 300 bucks a year. I didn't think about that. There's like four or five different companies. It's so crazy, dude. Insurance just runs the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if and you get diagnosed, but insurance says no we don't cover that we cover this now mm -hmm. and then it goes oh well you have to have car insurance and you have to have carriers Every, everything is insurance i just pay for it because they cover two million dollars in legal fees oh no i'm not saying that i'm just saying that it's this is the world we oh live this in. is the world we live in yeah and insurance is great it's just and it's business. shitty you have to think that way like this the place we're at now is not a cheap home why should this person have to worry about the cops not showing up for hours and getting robbed and nothing happening to that person, that person going to rob several others. But then we get penalized if we try to stop it. How the fuck does that make any sense? Huge chains are leaving California because they're tired of getting robbed. Mom and pop stores closing their doors because they can't afford to take a couple hundred dollar hit every day. What is happening to California, I think, is just a glimpse of what's potentially happening globally, but specifically within the United States of you live in California if you are dirt poor or ultra wealthy. Middle class is pretty much 
the risk reward doesn't make sense. Might as well just go to Vegas, mm-hmm. save on taxes, and my business can can still operate. I might as well go to this other state, right? Do you think that's Do you think that's true? Do you think that California has given us a glimpse? Do you think California's? Fun? I think so because so many people are just confused on what the right answer is now, and I don't know how can our DA and a judge get rid of bail and just say, all right, you get a ticket, show up to court, fucking out of your tree? Like, Do you think it's a land grab? Do you think that-, that it's a, For sure. You think it's get people out of here, get companies out of here, get the everyday out of here, and then over a period of time- Land they, grab it. Yeah, just purchase big companies, come purchase big wealthy people, come purchase. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I have my very uh, opinionated comments of California in terms of like investing in real estate, right? Like personally, could never see myself investing in real estate in California. But then you come here and you're like, oh, Southern California is pretty fucking nice. <laughs> you know, our weather is fucking phenomenal in the hills and the things to do. And just like, oh, this is pretty. D-. I've never went like Northern color California, uh, like the winery and all that. Like that's a whole other conversation, I'm sure. But I'm like, I want to hate California so bad. And I do from an investor and business standpoint. Correct. But oh my gosh, it's California. It's dope. And an employer standpoint, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck from an employer standpoint. If you have to fire somebody or anything, anything goes wrong, remotely wrong. So what, what's, uh, <laughs> we're talking about a bunch of random shit. Oh, I yeah. love this. I love this. <laughs> what's happening to the United States? What's going on in the world? Uh, we got biblical stuff happening in Israel. We have. I think we're the laughing stock of the world. United States? A little bit. Why is that? Why are we fighting other people's fights in general? Like, why are we giving millions, billions to other countries when we got our own problems? And I don't know the right or wrong answer. I'm just saying, I don't know. Why aren't we helping our vets at home? Why aren't we spending money on our police forces so there isn't as much crime and bullshit i just don't get it and i don't i don't know there's probably an agenda there's probably something um will you and i ever know the real truth no but it's a shitty deal yeah i think we know the truth i think but usually the truth will shock the world so why i don't know andrew tate i don't love everything he says but a majority, it's not wrong. Like what? Men need to get their balls back. <laughs> and, you know, why has he been suppressed so much? Yeah, and even when you say men need to get their balls back, there's obviously the analogy of just like holding your ground and this is my yeah. land and this is, you know. Just standing up for the simple everyday shit. Yeah, primal. But then there's also just like science that's like, oh, we're drinking things that have plastic in it and the plastic's going into my nutsack now, which is lowering my sperm count and my testosterone. That's why you can look back at photos of your parents and their senior photo and go, yeah, my dad looks like more of a man than I did when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Now, sure, there's other things like uh, products that may quote unquote be good lifestyle because whatever, but yeah, let's face it, his testosterone was 20 to 40% higher than mine. 
In what world is vaping safe? Yeah, we're seeing things evolve, right? We're seeing cigarettes were good, promoted by doctors in the 20s, 30s to like, clearly they're very bad, but beautiful marketing mm -hmm. to transition it from cigarettes to vaping and vaping being, dude, you're smoking metal. Like you're smoking tobacco through a metal cartridge, like flawless marketing. And vaporizing it. Yeah. Sign I don't know the science, but significantly worse. So what happens to America? I mean, we have... Something's got to break in order for it to get fixed. I don't know what the break is. I don't know what the fix is, but something's got to give somewhere. Yeah, because you see China, but they seem like they're in a tough situation from an economic standpoint. Uh, I mean, why are we going to go... Why are we sending money to these countries and, and fighting their fight? Well, when you look back on like the central banking system and how that originated from funding both sides of a war and the US dollar being vertically integrated, you know, being the, the global currency, the global, uh, whatever the heck it's called. I mean, I think that's why we're, we're fighting other, that's why we're sending money there to go, cool, well, now we have millions of dollars in your country, right? Now, now you operate on the US dollar. Now we can suppress the value of your currency. We control you, you owe us. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, the Roman Empire, the rise and fall, America's coming up, every currency usually completely falls off of a cliff after 200 years and that empire usually falls. But I'm like, yo, we have this thing called the US military. And I don't know if America's going anywhere for a while. No, if it's going anywhere, I just think things need to change. The crime needs to go away. People need to feel safe. What's the the solution? I don't have it. <laughs> if, if I did have it, nobody would listen to me. You think we're going into World War Three? No. I don't think so. Do you think we're going through a massive financial reset with crypto and Bitcoin? 100%. You think that's part of the agenda? Oh, they want us to go to a digital currency worldwide. So then everything can be tracked. Yeah, it's it's like uh kind of reminds me of like pigs walking into a slaughterhouse. Like, oh, this is good for us, but then it's like, ah, oh, they will track every penny. Which there's good to that, right? Clearly there's good. There's there's good and bad to technically, I guess you could say maybe everything, but what does opportunities look like? If you could say right now in your experience of life and business companies you have going on, like Real estate's always going to be the safe bet. I think there'll still be a major dip going into middle of next year, end of next year, because these 8% loans and all that stuff. Grab what you can, keep your cash, don't go out buying dumb shit, and just not live frugal, but live smart. So real estate, if you see property decline in price, scoop it up. Yep. What else you see as far as opportunity in business? investments there'll be companies that'll be going belly up that you might be able to swoop up and restructure and redo yeah and also the largest transfer in health or the largest transfer in wealth in u.s history which is the baby boomers that have the dry cleaning business mm -hmm. that own the gas stations that own the restaurants they may not pass it off to their kids so a lot of those businesses coming to their shelf life, ready to get bought up. Do you see that being a oh, big yeah. opportunity? 
big opportunity. And like the whole exotic car market, you're already seeing it take a landslide compared to a year ago. Mm -hmm. And just like when crypto was going crazy with the meme coins and all the bullshit came and went. What do you think of uh, what I refer to as like the new digital economy? What do you see as being the biggest opportunity with crypto, Web3, NFTs? Personally, I believe like the the most massive opportunity is going to be tokenizing assets. So like NFTs, uh, smart contracts, right? Essentially owning hard assets. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you want to invest into this real estate project, you know, you can uh, buy this NFT and that also gets you access. So one, if you buy the NFT, it's a tokenized, you know, tokenizing the real estate asset. It's giving you some type of projected returns, but there also may be like other quote unquote benefits. You're a part of the all for nothing brand. You get to come on the podcast show. You get to come to a mastermind event. Oh yeah, that'll definitely be cool. I, I haven't done enough homework on the crypto market to really see how to utilize it. You know, you're seeing banks investing in parts of it like XRP and other things. It's not going anywhere. Obviously mm -hmm. the shit coins and the pump and dumps, that's kind of gone. Um, Bitcoin's not going anywhere. Ethereum's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's a lot of hurry up and wait and learning. Uh, outside of real estate, um, digital assets, what else do you see as far as opportunity that people like should? Your, your health. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there'll be a big change in the wellness space as time goes on and certain things get uncovered that are already getting uncovered and people just learning, hey, I need to be a little healthier. All these crap foods with food colorings going away. Yeah, that would uh, put a little roadblock. In the plan. In the plan. The red 40 has got to stay in there. Mm -hmm. What can people do for their health? Pay attention to what you're eating. You know, make little changes. You can't flip the script overnight, but what soap do you use when you shower? What deodorant do you use? Toothpaste. Do you wear cologne or perfume? Do you light candles in your house that you're not realizing are actually toxic? What cleaning agents do you use in your house that, you know, you're creating a invisible gas bomb in your house that you're inhaling all this shit? Or you use a certain soap on your dishes that leaves a residue that you're intaking. Yeah, this man knows the nonstick pans that when you scrape it, it's just chemicals everywhere, right? I prefer a cast iron skillet. Yeah, like the stainless steel. Or stainless steel, yeah. either or. Cast iron skillet's a little bit more of a bitch to clean. Yeah, good luck in LA, guys. I'll be on my farm in Ohio, so if you guys need to come visit or get the hell out of here, just Might let me know. need some uh, produce or something. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, man, as we wrap this up, I want to ask you, uh, a question and the name of the show is all for nothing because mm -hmm. I believe most people live their day, their week, their life. They do all these things and have nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. I also believe the inverse of that, which people do all these great things and build these companies and buy these assets and have all this money. But eventually it goes back to nothing. It returns back to poverty, usually most of the time within the second generation. So what are you doing to ensure that you're not doing this all for nothing? Making sure my kid goes to school in a pod, learns to think independently, understands a dollar, how to invest, 
and making sure she actually has to work for certain things. You know, at this age, whatever, get them toys daily. Who gives a shit? You know, staying away from YouTube for children, really monitoring. Look, when we were kids, there was no iPads or iPhones. There was Nintendo 64. Get on your fucking bike and go outside. Go beat each other up. You got a problem with the person? Go square off. That shit doesn't happen anymore. And like, I don't know, the other day, some kid fucking pushed my kid off the swing. And she's got some fucking vicious sharp nails and she just sideswiped their chest. Those are, yeah. I'm not going to say anything. Like, there's your consequence for doing something stupid. And, you know, I don't, I allow my child to explore and she'll jump in the pool when it's 40 degrees. All right. You think it's funny or you like it? Go for it. I'll make sure you don't get too cold. Mm. You know, make sure you don't keep crap in your house. Like, don't, don't believe what you see on social media. That's it right there, ladies and gentlemen. But how can they connect with you on social media? How can people get a hold of you? Uh, easiest way, Instagram, Brian Gold, PhD. Boom. Let's go. That's a wrap. <laughs>